Hello, everybody. Welcome to Devin's Daily Dynamic Deliberation. We're coming at you from Minneapolis, Minnesota on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, and we cannot ask for a better spring, early May day. If it's your first time in the program, I want to say welcome. We have a great show for you, but first, a little bit about me. I'm a 21-year-old student at the University of Minnesota studying industrial and systems engineering. While I enjoy dogs, ice cream, sports, today I will be getting into a topic that is unbelievably intriguing to everybody around this country. Today's topic, we will look at the portrayals of criminals in the media, with our guiding question being, how does the media separate the criminal from the crime? We're going to be focusing on Billy McFarland in Fire Festival and Ted Bundy from Ted Bundy's Tapes. In these Netflix original documentaries, the media takes a front row seat into both of these crimes and in the criminals. We'll dive into both criminals and look at how the media influenced the cases and how they changed the outlook from the public eye. We have a couple of experts that will be joining us as well later in the show to share their insights and thoughts about the two documentaries and how they think that social media has affected both of these crime cases. Getting right into it, let's look at Billy McFarland and the Fire Festival. If you have never heard of the Fire Festival, I am surprised, as it is known as being one of the most talked about dramas on social media ever. It was a music festival in the Bahamas to promote an app. An up-and-coming entrepreneur, Billy McFarland, and a rapper in Ja Rule teamed up to put on what they called the most insane event ever. However, the most insane event ever quickly turned into the greatest party that never happened. Social media influenced this event in a major way. To promote the event, Billy McFarland used 10 of the top supermodels in the world, the titans of the modeling industry, such as Bella Hadid, Haley Baldwin, and Emily Ratajkowski, and filmed all of them having the time of their lives on the beautiful sandy beaches of a private island in the Bahamas. Spending millions on the marketing campaign alone, and all they wanted to do was... Between Billy and Ja Rule, they knew that a small buzz of the idea of hanging out with supermodels in the Bahamas could quickly become a big buzz with a bunch of free press. Billy paid over 400 influencers, models, comedians, artists, actors, and actresses to post the infamous burnt orange fire tile. With the website and the caption of their pictures, Fire Festival blew up overnight. A massive influx and awareness for the company that few knew about the day before. The company officially went viral after selling 95% of their tickets within 48 hours of the orange tile being posted. Because of this hot new thing that was being talked about and portrayed on social media, Fire Festival quickly became the talk of the nation. After being the hottest new buzz around the world, the next few months didn't go as well for Billy. From not having any infrastructure on the island to wondering if they could physically fit that many people, everyone but Billy started to doubt Fire and the festival. Questions and negative comments on the fire's social media accounts were quickly deleted as they didn't want to lose money from these wealthy ticket buyers. Fast forwarding, the festival failed embarrassingly. After over 500 people arrived, they had to cancel as social media 
was blowing up with the failed attempts at a luxury vacation for the influencers and concert goers. Here are some clips that show how the media was having fun with these failed events. And in the morning, the media started picking it up. This morning, the organizers of the failed fire festival are feeling the heat. We took a big jump here and a big risk and uh, V1 has failed. People were making fun of it, making fun of us. Do you feel bad for the people that did spend money and go to this? <laughs> if you had thousands of dollars to go on a trip to see Blink-182, uh, <laughs> that's on you. That is Darwinism at its finest. <laughs> to talk a little bit more about the Fire Festival, I want to bring in my friend and Fire Festival enthusiast, Max Chu. Welcome to the program, Max. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Max. I'm a recent graduate of the University of Minnesota with a major in political science. Um, currently, right now, I'm working full time. And I would say I was a really big fan of the Fire Festival documentary because I thought it was very interesting. I had not heard about the documentary or I guess the festival until I saw the documentary. So seeing how it all unfolded, it was extremely interesting to me. Yeah, awesome. Do you think this event would look differently if it wasn't for the media? I think how this event was planned um, based off what I saw in the documentary was very heavily reliant on the media and social media. Um, a lot of the advertising that they did was based off having people who were extremely famous on social media sites like Instagram simultaneously post um, something like an orange square um, to generate interest. So I think that this event probably wouldn't even have happened if it wasn't, um, you know, the social media or Instagram. So I think it was really heavily reliant on the media and definitely would have looked very different or not happened at all without the media. Yes, I definitely agree. Without the Instagram models and influencers, the Fire Festival would not have even happened. Um, so let's talk a little bit about our criminal here, Billy McFarland. How do you think Billy was portrayed in this documentary? Um, I think Billy was portrayed with uh, multiple um, viewpoints. So a lot of the people that worked extremely closely with Billy often spoke about how much they believed in him and how much they valued um, his leadership, his creativity, um, and how charismatic and charming he was when talking to investors. So we got to see that one side of him, the side that people would say is a very good business person or very business savvy. On the other hand, um, I would like to think that he was just someone who was overly optimistic. That's what I got out of the documentary. But I can also see how the documentary um, would portray him as someone who didn't really plan very well or had already the original intentions to fraud people and to put up, put up a dishonest event. So I would either say that from my view, it's kind of mixed between maybe he genuinely believed that it could happen. So optimism, blind optimism, or maybe he originally really intended to fraud people. So that those were my two impressions of him. Awesome. Thank you so much, Max. Yeah. Um, hope, you, hope you have a good day. Um, and thank you for joining us on the program. Yeah, of course. Always happy to be here. 
To finish our scope on the fire Festival, one thing I want to look into is looking at the ways criminals conducting financial crimes are portrayed similarly or differently than other criminals. According to Sullivan and Shermack, Billy McFarland committed millions of dollars of fraud, but has been treated much differently than other criminals with a similar level of crimes. According to them, people that committed fraud are often extremely intelligent and this automatically creates a different impression on the public versus someone that committed a crime such as burglary. Both criminals are stealing from innocent people, however, because people that commit fraud are often educated, they receive different treatment. According to Camarota in Fire Documents, the Fire Festival failure that became an internet sensation was downplayed because of the types of people that were involved. They believed the event became entertaining instead of criminalizing. Before we move into talking about the serial killer that is Ted Bundy, we are going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Orange Clay, discover the secret, unleash the power. It's the tough acting degreaser that cuts through grease, grime, and dirt. To find out more, look in stores everywhere. Now as we move into conversations with the killer, I want to start out by saying there will be some very sensitive topics in the next portion of the show. So if anything like murder or rape um, concerns you, I would recommend logging off the program now. But let's get started. So Ted Bundy is a different type of criminal than Billy McFarland. While Billy stole millions from people with unkept promises, Theodore Bundy stole lives with over 30 sex killings of young women. I want to dive deeper into how he was portrayed across the country and how his case looked differently because of the way he looked and acted. Ted was a tall, handsome, intelligent law student coming from a normal family in Burlington, Vermont. After long trials and tribulation of him claiming he was completely innocent, escaping prison twice, and while killing three more innocent women while free, he was finally put on death row. Here, he struck a deal with the journalist to talk about what happened, thinking it could give him the opportunity to be free. They collected over 100 hours of recorded conversation that became the Ted Bundy tapes. These tapes really began to show the arrogance that he had about him. He was an incredibly intelligent person that was very thoughtful in what he said and how he carried out these terrible events. He said he kept doing these terrible things because he would quickly become unfulfilled again. It was hard for the public to believe that Ted Bundy could do such terrible things, especially because of the way he looked. The documentary describes him as such. Ted stands out because he was quite an enigma. Clean cut, good looking, articulate, very intelligent. Just a handsome young, mild mannered law student. To talk a little bit more about Ted Bundy and conversations with a killer, I have my friend and Ted Bundy enthusiast, Lily French. Lily, do you want to talk about about yourself a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. So my name's Lily. I am a junior at the U, studying computer science, and I've recently been very into the Ted Bundy documentary on Netflix. Good binge. So, what was your overall impression of conversations with a killer? 
Um, I would say overall just kind of disgusted by just the fact that somebody could do those things and get away with it for so long. Yes, definitely. Very disgusting. It left me in a very frustrated state, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Do you think these events um, from Ted Bundy would look differently if it wasn't for the news or the media? Um, Well, in some ways, watching the last episode of the documentary, it sort of seemed like if the media would have played like a bigger role, then maybe he wouldn't have been able to get away with as much. Just because if the media were really like portraying him and like, saying like oh this is who you should look out for maybe like the girls in florida or something might not have happened as bad with them if like the media were portraying them in that way yeah i would agree um i think that because of the way he looks and because of how charismatic he was um that definitely changed how he was perceived by others and the media um and just how he looked in the public eye But I want to hear your view on how the documentary portrayed Ted Bundy as a person. Yeah, well, one thing that was really interesting to me was in that last episode when he is, like, going to court, there are all of those young girls and women who are just there watching and trying to pass him notes. So I think that that's really interesting, just that, like, the media then was, like, really seemed to be portraying him somehow as, like, kind of this, like, young, handsome guy that, like, you want to pass notes to in court. And I think it helps that he was, like, maintaining his innocence the whole time so these girls could say, oh, like, I think he's really cute and he didn't do it because he says he didn't do it. But I think that um, the documentary, I expected it to kind of spin him as like this really attractive like guy who like oh like could never do these things but like from the very beginning it was very much like he is the guy that did this like how could he have done this Mm -hmm. yes yes i agree (laughs) those were awesome thoughts thank you so much for joining us on the program anytime it was good to be here (laughs) I said earlier that Billy and Ted were much different criminals, but as you look closer, they do have some weird similarities. Two tall, handsome, charming, intelligent young white men taking advantage of people and eventually becoming famous after receiving a lot of press, documentaries, and now movies. They both did horrible things, but the modern media chooses to idolize them as people rather than taking them down for their actions. By the end of both documentaries, we are so invested in them as people and almost, and I mean the strongest emphasis on almost, want the best for them. The media strongly separates the criminal from the horrendous crimes they committed. I wonder if like-minded people see these news stories and documentaries and think it's not such a bad thing to get in trouble these days, as you'll probably get famous for it. Granted, Ted died in the electric chair, but that was in 1989, over 15 years after he committed his first murder. His death row experience consisted him of getting high almost daily and making a family with his wife, who he got married to during a trial. 
According to New York Magazine, Billy is writing a memoir that is tentatively titled Prometheus, the God of Fire. While serving his six-year prison sentence, McFarland will be making thousands, potentially millions, because our world is so intrigued by criminals. The reason we are intrigued, you might ask? The media makes us. By using the criminal's past life, social media, pictures of both the criminals and victims, and constant coverage on criminals, today's world and media begin to quite easily separate the criminal from the crime. I want to thank you for joining us on today's program. And wherever you are listening from, I want to say good morning, great night, and best bye.